0: Welcome to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with author and wealth manager Chris Herline. Join the conversation, call or text now at 512 836 0590. Now, here's Chris Herline.
1: Good evening, everybody. Chris Herline live with you this evening. Taking all of your questions around wealth planning, investment management, taxes, state. Look forward to speaking with you. you can join me and encourage you to do so. Top of the hour, 512-836-0590. 512-836-0590. Whether it's Social Security, 401Ks, IRAs, you know, specific account questions. Let's get into that tonight and a lot more. Got a great show lined up for you. And I want to remind uh, our listeners that immediately following uh, our broadcast here tonight on KLBJ, I'll be hosting a live video conference uh, around everything we're going to discuss tonight. And a lot more will be taking questions live just as we do on this program, we have been doing this a lot more, especially during this time where people are, you know, kind of stuck in the house or the office, and the response has just been tremendous. So if you have attended one with me, kind of an encore show to our radio show here, I I thank you for that, and encourage you to join me tonight. Go to SaveYourBenefits.com, SaveYourBenefits.com, and I will be live tonight, 7 p.m. Immediately following our broadcast here. So we got some calls coming in while uh, Brandon's answering those. Let me kind of tee up this evening. I'm going to cover things around the CARES Act that just passed in the last couple weeks, and I want to talk to you uh, out there about how this is really changing. Uh, RMDs, the required distributions you've heard us talk about for years in this show. Um, I want to talk to you about how right now, currently, it's easier than ever to take emergency cash from your retirement plan. Now, we're not recommending you do that, but there's you know a lot going on out there and a lot of people in need, and I want to get the word out around uh, some leniency on taking money out of these accounts. I want to also talk to you about a pretty surprising estate planning step when it comes to your Social Security benefits. This is this is one that is very overlooked. Um, and then lastly, we'll talk about being diversified and weathering the storm. So we've got a lot to cover here this evening, a lot to cover. But uh, before I get into these, let's go to uh, Eddie in Austin, Texas. Hey, Eddie, welcome to the program. Hello, oh,
2: yes, sir.
1: How can we help, Eddie? Hello, hello? Hey, Eddie, you're on the air. Hello? Hey, Eddie, can can hello? you hear me?
2: Hello? I can't hear you.
1: All right, Brandon, put him on hold to see if we can troubleshoot that. 512-836-0590. We'll get this uh, figured out tonight. and Get your questions answered there, Eddie. So let's see. Eddie, can you
2: hear me now? Yes, sir, I got you now. How can we help? Okay, so my question is I'm about to purchase a home. I just got a promotion and I'm moving to San Antonio. And I've got about right about 95,000 in my 401k, which most of that was in um just straight up 401k at the beginning of the year, I went ahead and switched over to raw, but regardless, um, I know I'm able to take that money out and there's not going to be any penalty. Um, should I go ahead and try to go ahead and, and take that half of what I have, um, or, you know, and put it down as a down payment and not have to worry about the penalty or should I leave it in for the recovery as you know, my, my stock was actually down 30%. I'm back up to about 12% now of what I've lost. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: So your account, Eddie, has rebounded to where you're only down 12% now? Yes, my account...
2: Where you're only down 12% now? That is correct. My account has rebounded down to about... Um, I'm back up to 12% as of yesterday.
1: Okay, great. So... The way I look at that is, you know, it's a very tough time to be liquidating your securities and things like that right now, for the obvious reasons. Now, sounds like you're aware that you can always pull money out of your 401k. um, You know, if you're a first-time home buyer, and you know, it's true you can. There's there's quite a few drawbacks. Uh, I mean, example, if you have 20,000 in your account, you take 10,000 out for your home, that remaining 10,000, you know, that could easily grow to 50, maybe $60,000 over the next 25 years if you're making around 7%. But if you left the 20,000 in there and making the same rate of return, that 20,000 would easily grow to quite possibly over 100,000 uh, over the next 25 years. So you're gonna lose a lot of your horsepower and growth power in your 401k. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the CARES Act passed in the last three weeks. Are you familiar with the CARES Act?
2: I, I've been listening to you and I'm becoming familiar with it. I don't know all of the ins and outs, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, you're tuning in to the right place. What's interesting with the CARES Act is that they have put some real leniency on 401ks. And let me tell you what that is. Because because you, you were right in stating that you can borrow money from your 401k for a first-time homebuyer. That is true. With 401ks, they offer something called a 401k loan okay and a 401k loan is generally something you've got to pay it back in a period of months or a year but what they've done to give people some breathing room through this hard economic downturn is they're saying that you can pull money out of your 401k via a loan and they've raised the limit on how much you can pull out it used to be capped out at fifty thousand. now it's capped out at a hundred thousand for 2020 only and then you can defer paying the loan back for up to 12 months and then that money can then be put back in the 401k over a three-year period so it's gotten a lot easier to access money this year in your 401k but at the end of the day, okay. I, I'm gonna have to tell you that it's not the best place to go for money because that's for your future and your retirement. And you're gonna take money out and put it in bricks and mortar of a home. And and you know, I don't really look at your homestead as an investment because you've gotta have a roof over your head. And yes, it will grow in value, of course, through the years more than likely, um, but that should at least give you some insight into what options may be available. I mean, for people out there that have IRAs, 401ks, more so than any time I've ever seen uh, in history, is it easier to access money in these accounts, they're waiving 10% penalty fee, and giving you extended times to pay the money back? Mm-hmm. Any comments on that?
2: For me, it has been, you know, 15, 20 years of saving as much as I can. Um, and now I have this opportunity. Um, and you know, what, what I'm trying to find out what is going to be my best option, because like you said, I don't want to lose the horsepower that I have going forward because I feel like I'm just now getting to a point to where, you know, that is getting to my retirement that would really help me. Um, you know, I'm in my highest earning years, as you say, um, so I'm right there in the smack dab of that and don't want to take all of that horsepower away. So I, I, see what you're saying. And at the, at the same time, um, I was able to, um, get into a program for my fine, uh, to get my mortgage where, um, no down payment, um, but it's going to cost me that extra point, you know, which obviously over, you know, that's many, many thousands of dollars over a 30 year period. So. Right. Um, just listening to you, it sounds like it would be best to go ahead and, and leave that alone, take the extra point, and uh, just pay the monthly so that way I'm still able to continue to grow and not have to start back over at half of what I had.
1: Well, how much are you thinking about pulling out for the down payment?
2: Um, well, it was. I was trying to get my, uh, my loan down as much as I could for a monthly payment. Um, I was thinking about taking half of what I
1: have, which would be about 45,000. Yeah, so I would tell you that you would wanna sit down and run the numbers because you're gonna pay extra interest over 20, 30 year mortgage, which could be very expensive, could you know mean a lot more out of pocket on a monthly, and you would wanna see what the savings could be if you did take money out, versus what you could potentially lose and growth on the money that was used for the down payment. So, Eddie, don't hear me wrong. Uh, I'm not telling you that that you know that's not the best move. Um, I'm saying you know from a retirement and wealth manager, uh, you know not seeing the overall picture. I would just say proceed with caution before pulling money out of the 401k, and the caution would be you know, get some advice, uh, crunch some numbers, and get to the bottom of it. Because end of the day, it may actually look better in some cases. I greatly appreciate your call. Congratulations on your opportunity. And I wish you the best. Thanks for your listenership as well. 512 836 We're gonna take a quick call uh, on the other side.
0: Local and independent. This is WealthRadio.com with Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512 836 0590. Now back to Chris. That's right. You heard it. You can join me live this evening. 512
1: 836 0590. Also text your questions. Whether it's wealth planning, tax planning, IRAs, 401Ks, Social Security, look forward to having you join me tonight. Before we get back into our topics, I just want to remind our listeners, maybe those of you just tuning in, I'm going to be doing a live Encore presentation following tonight's show, 7 p.m., immediately following the KLBJ broadcast here. Go to SaveYourBenefits.com. SaveYourBenefits.com to register at no cost. I'm going to be taking your questions live, and I'm going to be getting into... The significant tax saving strategies available right now under the CARES Act, under the stimulus that just passed. People, you got to know this stuff. It's only here for 2020, and I'm going to get into those things. I'm going to show you tonight uh, the the drastic difference between having a portfolio and and having a plan for that portfolio. Uh, A lot of people, it's interesting. It's very interesting with everything that's transpired in the last two months, it seems every 10 to 15 years, most people have an opportunity to relearn a very important lesson about their finances. And that moment has just arrived in the last couple months. So we're gonna follow up on that and a lot more too. I'm gonna show you how the most successful investors out there are positioned to weather anything that can can come at you socially, politically, economically. So join me tonight, 7 p.m., immediately following, go register now, the fill up very fast, saveyourbenefits.com. Now, each of us that wanna retire someday or are investing for a better life, better future, whatever, we, we need to prepare for the events that have a low, probab- a low or very low probability of occurring. but on the other side of the coin may have a very high cost if they do occur. And most people prepared for events, they, they, they think about, well, my car, you know my home, medical insurance, you know, making sure that I'm covered in a worst case. But there's also events, especially widespread ones, global ones, which people are seeing that they may have not been as prepared as they thought. And the 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 widespread events that we've seen, they're never the same. You know, when this started, the COVID-19 and everything else. I mean, everybody's get you know on the news and talking about you know historicals of. You know, how fast the market's gonna bounce back and this and that and how fast the recovery. Listen, we're writing history by the hour right now. In this country, we've never seen anything like this in the last 100 years. Lives are disrupted. The markets, the economy have turned down. Money's been lost. And it can be fun for a time to leverage the good times. What are the good times? The longest bull run in history that we just saw you know a lot of that disappear a lot of those gains you saw over those years that's what i'm talking about and that's why i always emphasize you need to have a margin of safety and manage your risk appropriately now everything every potential high cost event out there has a low probability in itself but when the odds are aggregated, there is fairly high likelihood that we'll experience one of these recessions or downturns or high cost events every 10 to 15 years. And there will continue to be a, you know, national and global events, you know, such as 9-11, we saw the financial crisis, the current pandemic, you know, Other events maybe will be more localized. Others will be individualized. Some of the events will be new and previously unknown. So the thing is, is that a lot of people felt like they weren't taking as much risk as they were until, well, until the S&P dropped, the markets dropped 30% and literally a matter of a month. And my favorite quote from Warren Buffett, you you don't know who's swimming naked, well, until the tide goes out. (laughs) And that's so true. And a lot of people got caught naked. And so part of what I'm gonna be discussing tonight, not only in this broadcast, but also on our live video conference following this, SaveYourBenefits.com, I'm gonna show you how some of the most successful investors are positioned right now, taking advantage of the silver lining of the current situation and positioned to weather whatever comes at them. But before we go there, what I thought we would do is take a quick look at the CARES Act, because we just had a caller before that was considering taking some money out of his 401k. And you can do that if you're buying a house. First time home buyer, there's some provisions. But what I wanna talk about quickly is the CARES Act. And for those of you out there that maybe are without work right now, maybe you're trying to figure out how you're gonna bridge the gap until you can get back to work. Well, the CARES Act, the stimulus has made it much easier to take emergency cash from your retirement plans. Now, when you hear me talk about this, I want you i want you to be very clear about something. I'm not telling you to take money out of your 401Ks and IRAs, okay? But I'm saying this is a situation right now in our country that we, we've we never seen. It's been not in our lifetime anyways. And so some of these provisions in the CARES Act that passed in the last couple of weeks that are allowing people to take cash out of retirement plans and accounts during this current crisis with fewer restrictions, fewer penalties, the normal. So keep in mind that a retirement plan, it might not make the new flexibility available to all participants. So if your 401k has certain limits, laws, whatever, you may be bound by those. But the employer sponsoring the, the plan generally decides whether or not to adopt provisions. But from what I'm researching, what I'm hearing, uh, most of these plans, are allowing for some of these new provisions. And, you know, the, the 401k, you know, even for my staff, my company, you now my 401k plan documents had to be redrafted. They had to be amended to include the new rules before, you know, people could could take money out under the new provisions. So a special rule in the CARES Act allows retirement plans uh, to be accessed, as I'm saying and one of the main provisions that really stood out as we were researching is it waives the 10 percent penalty on early distributions from retirement plans when the distribution of course is taken for maybe a coronavirus related reason job loss etc so the the penalty that's ordinarily imposed when you take money out it's imposed because they want you to keep the money until age 59 and a half. And if you take it out before that, now there, there's a few rules, few few magic ages I've talked about on this program, but for most of you listening, if you take money out of your IRAs, 401ks before 59 and a half, and the distribution doesn't qualify for one of the existing exemptions, well, then you're going to get smacked with the 10% penalty. Okay, now the penalty is waived right now under CARES Act if the distribution is associated with COVID-19. Maybe you have a spouse that's been impacted by work. There's a number of things. But even when the 10% penalty is avoided, the distribution, be careful now, it's going to still be included in your income for the year. So still be included in the gross income come tax time. But under the CARES Act, there's another provision, the distribution may be included in your income over a three-year period instead of a one-year period. So simple math, if you took 30 grand out, normally you'd have to pay tax on the 30 grand in the year you took it out. But under CARES Act, you could space out the tax. So if it was 30,000, you could pay tax on 10,000 this year, 10,000 next year and the following. So that's gonna give you some breathing room as people are recovering and getting back to work and having money so they can pay money back into these accounts. So the distributions normally before COVID, you can take a distribution from your IRA in many cases and as long as you put the money back within 60 days, well, then you don't have to pay tax. So that's been extended now, it's been extended substantially, three years. So you can recontribute those dollars back into your IRA instead of 60 days now, as long as it's in within three years. Pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So, you know, I'm not condoning it, but it's, it's much needed. It's just like I'm not a bailout guy. I, you know, I'm not rolling to stimulus, but it has to happen. You know, with what we're going through right now. 512 836 0590. Got a lot more lined up. It's time for the news.
0: Live, local, and independent. This is WealthRadio.com with Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512 836 0590. Now back to Chris.
1: Chris Harline back with you live tonight. You can join me on the lines 512 five one two, eight three six zero five ninety, and that's the number that Bill dialed here in Austin, Texas. Hey, Bill, let's go right to you, man. You're on Wealth Radio.
3: I had a, the reason I'm calling is I, my understand that part of the CARES Act and the IRS extension for filing taxes is they've also extended the deadline that if you wanted to do a, a Roth conversion, um. Would be reflected on your 2019 taxes that, that you can do that up to like July 15th or something?
1: Hmm. Are you considering a conversion?
3: Yes. And I wish I would have done it when the market was at 18,000.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's funny all of us at eighteen thousand were waiting you know praying that it's going to run back up as fast as possible but then you know those that are savvy enough to know that you know it's a it's a broth conversion golden opportunity because you're converting at a lot less cost it's so funny uh i was talking with a a client today and he's like man this market went up too fast i missed the boat (laughs) i'm like man we're praying for the market to go up you know so you know it's 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 win some lose some but uh that being said, you know, the, the market is going to stay volatile more than likely. You know, we're, we're, we still got a polarizing election ahead of us. And so one thing to consider, and I'll get back to your question, but one thing to consider for you and our listeners is if you're gonna do a conversion, typically, you know, you just you'd roll uh, or convert 20,000 of your IRA, 401k over to a Roth, right? Boom, and it's done. Well, if you wanted to do 20,000 this year, in my example, maybe consider dollar costing the Roth conversion, meaning instead of doing it all at once, and then the market drops 15% and then you're going, why did I do it all at once? If you did maybe 5,000 bucks a month and until you got to your 20, so you'll dollar cost and kind of catch the ups and downs of the markets during, the, during this conversion, maybe smooth some things out long-term. So just consider that too. But in, in regards to uh, converting to Roth and that 20000 in my example not showing up on your income for this year. Um, I am not aware of that. I don't know if that's a true statement or not. Where did you hear that?
3: Uh, actually, on another radio program, somebody had called in, and I think it was on Saturday with Carl Stewart. Hmm. and and I actually called in and and talked to him, and I'm trying to get my CPA to, you know, to verify that that got extended um, because, you know, part of doing the Roth conversion is it it works out that I'll have lower income in 2019 than I Mm -hmm. may have in 20. So of course you want to try to get it in a lower income year to, to just not pay as much tax to do, you know, the conversion.
1: Yeah. Well, generally, the the taxes are always due for the year that the conversion takes place, and so, to my yeah, knowledge what, today,
3: yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it had to be done by December thirty first. Um, uh, you know,
1: but now I've scrubbed. I, I've scrubbed the Cares Act. You know, we, we my team and I have, have been through it, and and that is one provision um, that. We have not seen, so I would I would be very careful uh, before you convert um, to uh, you know to verify that because that that may that may beat you up a bit, you know. That, oh, well, yeah. The only well, thing that's really that's
3: changed for my that's the reason for my call, but I don't know if that is in the CARES Act as is the IRS extending the deadlines to file. I think that's separate from well, the CARES okay, Act. yes.
1: So since the tax return filing deadline for 2019 returns was extended to July 15th, you know, yeah, any conversion that was made last year, you 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 got an extension to pay the tax on that and all the other income. But uh, to my knowledge, and and uh, to, I, I think I would have I think I would have run into that by now. But again, you know, everybody's learning about these new laws rules extensions etc i mean see the CPAs. god bless them man i mean they're just trying to catch up and breathe here man because there's been a lot of tax changes but i mean that would be a that would be a really cool provision um what i'll do is research that a little bit further and maybe talk about it tomorrow night or maybe even verify that that's not the case for you
3: yeah that would be great because i'd like to know for for sure because clearly that's a yeah, you don't want to do it and then have it to undo it, pay a penalty and all that. But if you exactly. can't do it, it would be beneficial because of lower account values and a lower tax year because of lower income.
1: Definitely. I'll reach out to my tax attorney, and I can report on that tomorrow night for you and our listeners, my friend. I appreciate your call. 512-836-0590 to join me tonight, whether it's IRAs, 401ks, Social Security, anything around tax and estate. And for those of you just turning in, um, listen, I'm going to do an encore performance tonight uh, right after our broadcast here. Go to SaveYourBenefits.com, and I'll be doing a live video conference taking your questions live. We already got a lot of people registered for it. And I'm going to get deep into significant tax strategies that are being utilized by many successful investors right now. And these are strategies that are only here for 2020. So you you don't wanna miss this. And uh, I'm also going to show you the difference between having an investment portfolio and and having a plan for that portfolio. So this is is gonna be good. And then of course your questions will drive SaveYourBenefits.com to join me tonight. And uh, we'll get into it. So getting back, I was just talking about some of the provisions within CARES Act and how they're being more lenient on you being able to take money out of IRAs, 401Ks, extending the uh, tax deadlines on that, the repayment deadlines, everything else. Um, But I I think it would be good for me to also touch on just some of the high-level tax breaks. And one of these is uh, really gonna impact 501c3 qualified charities, churches out there, those type of things. The, The tax incentives for charitable giving when Trump tax reform was passed, it really, it really hurt foundations and charities and that type of thing. I mean, charitable giving was down $9 billion, that's billion with a B in 2018, okay? That's massive. And it's because people were realizing that unless you itemize on your taxes, you, you didn't get a tax deduction. Okay. So I, I, that's not why people give for the most part, but, you know, it's a nice incentive. So, under the CARES Act, they're providing additional giving opportunities for taxpayers who aren't maybe cash strapped like so many. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've never seen anything like this. If you are a business owner and you've been looking for an opportunity to exit, sell your business, but have been hesitant because of the capital event you're gonna experience, the taxes you're gonna to have to pay, if you've got real estate that you've been holding on to, just cringing at the thought of the taxes you're gonna to have to pay, if you got investments, whatever it is that you've been wanting to divest of, but again, you're holding off, whoever you are out there, there has never been a better time to consider seeing or realizing this capital event that you've been putting off because the regular rule limits Annual tax deductions. So the rule last year, and for many years, it, it 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 limits the the deductions for charitable gifts. So individuals, as of last year, you could deduct, you know, around sixty thousand dollars, or sorry, sixty percent of your adjusted gross income if you make, you know, charitable gifts. But what they've done now for 2020, just to again give some breathing room, help where it's needed they've raised the deductibility limit to 100%. I've never seen it. This is insane. Oh yeah, and for our caller that just called in about the Roth conversion, you know, and being a little leery about doing too much because you made too much in tax, what an amazing opportunity to do a bigger Roth conversion than maybe you normally would this year. Because if you give charitably, for many, you could actually zero out the taxes on any Roth conversion, on any capital gains, on any proceeds you've made on a property, sell of a business, if you gave a hefty amount to charity. And it's funny when, when you think about it this way, you know, a lot of people out there don't give a whole lot and that's okay, it's to teach your own. But it's funny when you think about the fact that, okay, I could realize a sizable income or capital event and I could give my money to a cause I believe in, qualified charity, or give to the IRS via taxes, all of a sudden we get real charitable, don't we? <laughs> that makes, makes total sense. Well, there's never been a better time. And you know, the, the individuals that I'm talking to, it's, that's pretty much anybody that pays taxes. And you can deduct under this CARES Act just for this year only contributions of up to 100% of your adjusted gross income in 2020 and corporations even if you have a corporation you can deduct charitable contributions of up to 25% of taxable income that's huge so the the the, the one thing is individual taxpayers you 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 must itemize deductions to take advantage of this provision But if you're giving a larger gift than you normally would, then the chances of you getting above the standard deduction limit is probably better than it was last year, okay? So I wanna be clear too, because a lot of you savvy out there, you've got donor advised funds, we've talked about those, you know, your charitable savings account or you donate stock. I wanna be clear, the new limits only apply to contributions of cash, okay? And they don't apply if you make a contribution to maybe your foundation or your donor advised fund. Nice try there. <laughs> so these are some tricks in the 100% limitation. So if your charitable contribution exceeds 100% of your taxes or your, your taxable income for this year, so let me let me let me say that one more time. I don't, I don't want to lose you. If your charitable contributions exceed 100% of your taxable income this year, you don't get to carry forward to future years. Any of those excess contributions, you don't get to carry forward. You'll lose the tax deduction for them. So it's a really good idea that you consult with a professional, a CPA, if you're going to explore this further to maybe really identify to the penny how much income you're gonna make versus how much you're gonna give to ensure that you don't you know lose out the deduction okay not telling you not to give more to the cause you believe in but this is wealth radio and it's all things you know money and your life so that said i've got a lot more coming on the other side of this break keep it right here
0: Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show again. Go to wealthradio.com and subscribe to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with Chris Herline.
1: Chris Herline back with you live tonight. Uh, right to the phone lines, 512 836 0590. Alan from Schoenberg, you're on hey, Wealth e- e- Radio. How can we help?
4: Good evening. Good evening. Uh, as I told you, sooner, uh, my mother, who is in her late 70s, she and her siblings sold their homestead this past year and it closed in January and it was a million dollar property. So she got somewhere in the area of a quarter million dollars. Now there's no income other than social security and some other minor investments that mom and dad did years ago. Um, And she's very conservative. So she's got the money to pay the taxes. It's just a shame to pay such a high, (laughs) high tax rate. And I had never heard of this CARE Act until tonight, uh, unfortunately. But my question to you is, other than just biting the bullet, paying these taxes, what could she do, whether it be charitable contribution or is there something, since she doesn't have much income, you know, the, the least she could pay in taxes and part two of my call is, she's always wondering, other than just gifting money to myself and my siblings and grandkids, what is the best way to do that to distribute funds I understand you can gift a certain amount per family member, but that's tax-free to us, but still after tax to her. So is there a better Mm -hmm. way to do that as well?
1: Yeah. So your mother sold her homestead and walked away with $250,000 in gains?
4: That range, yes.
1: Okay. And was your mother married at the time?
4: Uh, no, my father passed away a few years ago.
1: Like, was it within the last two years or beyond that? No, seven. Seven years, okay. Now, she's the only recipient of the proceeds from the from the sell of that home?
4: No, uh, it was their, uh, the homestead, it's four siblings. So it was a quarter million uh, dollar piece, property. I mean a million dollar piece of property. Each of them walked away with right around a quarter million dollars.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm just trying to get my head around. Was this uh, a property that she inherited and then sold? Oh, no,
4: no, no. This is where she literally was born and grew up. It was in the family for 80 years. Uh, okay. So it, it was uh, literally uh, a few hundred acres. Gotcha, uh, That was a gotcha. family farm, if you will.
1: Okay. So she sold, it was her homestead. She sold it and then split the proceeds amongst her siblings.
4: Okay, I'm sorry, they when my grandmother passed away, the four of them had an undivided interest in this acreage. And they okay. leased it for livestock for several years and then finally got around to pulling the trigger and selling it. So gotcha. four of them had an undivided okay. interest.
1: That there we go. So when they when they inherited that property years back, they would have gotten a step up in the cost basis. So basically if, if the property was bought for thousand dollars and years 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 later the property's worth a million um, and you know let's say uh, the property was worth you know nine hundred thousand when they inherited it um, that's the step up right there so so the, the, the IRS is saying okay well if you sell the house for anything over the nine hundred thousand the stepped-up cost basis in this case they sold it for a million there's $100,000 that would be subject to tax. Only $100,000 in that example. So anything above, whatever they sold the house for, um, above their stepped up cost basis will be taxable. So I would venture to say that it's quite possible that she may not owe as much tax as she thinks. Um, You wanna identify what the property was worth, on the date of death of the person that left it to him, and then what the appreciation was, and then that is the amount that would be subject to tax. Now, the good news is, for your mother, is she, she's filing single, she files taxes single, correct? Correct. Yeah, so when you are when you don't have a lot of income, when you're broke on paper, I like to call it, you, you just, you file your taxes, the government sees you don't have a lot of income. Well, you don't have to pay capital gains on things like proceeds of a home up to a certain amount. So if if a single filer, in her case, inherited property sold it, if her income fell below forty thousand dollars for the year, she'd pay zero percent tax on the proceeds from that home up to a certain amount once her income started going up above that then maybe some of it would be taxed so that's the that's the great thing about not showing a lot of income a lot of our tax law is all based on the income not your net worth so in her case she may pay a little she may pay you know more than we're expecting but i it's sounding a little bit brighter than maybe you guys have considered number 2
4: Absolutely. is
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good news on that front. The second thing is, how how can she give, yeah, she can give charitably this year under the CARES Act, what prompted your call in. You know, if she gives charitably, you know, she could quite possibly, with the raised deduction limit, zero out her tax bill or any taxes due by charitable gifts. Um, And then the third point, before we gotta close here, is on gifting. Yeah, you can gift up to fifteen thousand bucks and not have to file a gift tax return. But you could gift forty thousand bucks this year, and it's not like she's going to pay tax or you're going to pay tax more than likely. She just have to has to file a seven oh six gift tax return. So it's not until you hit the the high estate tax limits of, in her case, over eleven million dollars that she would even be worried about an estate tax. So, listen, I'm, I'm sorry I got a call. Uh, I got to run, Alan, but I appreciate your call. I well, encourage you. you to consult with a professional, a CPA for her, and get that uh, worked out. Folks, 512-836-0590. We just wrapped Kwekis Hour of My Week. Join me in two minutes for my live video broadcast. I'm going to dive into all these things and a lot more. Go to SaveYourBenefits.com right now. SaveYourBenefits.com, and I look forward to seeing you there.